it's far too early to talk about the impact of a Trump administration uh, on any place because we don't know what this administration is going to look like. We don't know what this individual is actually going to do. He says one thing one day, says something different the other day. This morning he said he wasn't going to have to go, go after Hillary. She'd suffered enough, right? Uh, after having promised that he'd send her to jail. Um, so I think one way to think about uh, what we should be discussing uh, is where to look for not just his appointments, as Steph uh, pointed out, but sort of what are the constraints on him? What are the limits? Uh, what are the opportunities that are out there? And in Latin America, there is a lot of discussion already about opportunities. Um, so uh, if we think about Trump's election, right, it really was an election um, that many people in Latin America actually understand. Right? He was elected, what put him over the edge was the vote of the losers in globalization okay, and the people who thought that neither of the two parties represented them or would speak for them. If you look at the pink tide in Latin America, which was the coming to power of the left in Latin America, most of that pink tide was fueled by a sense that the traditional parties in Latin America were not delivering, okay, and the voters for the pink tide were the losers in globalization. So one of the interesting things to read in Latin America today is how a lot of people on the left see this as a great opportunity. Okay? He's going to kill TPP, so we're not going to get sucked into it, despite what Colombia, Chile, and Costa Rica uh, want to do. Um, he, um, uh, he's opening an opportunity for Latin America to integrate, get together, uh, and move away from the United States. Okay? Now, maybe he's opening that. I mean, I happen to think if you look at Latin America's history, it's not an opportunity is going to be taken advantage of by Latin America. I will say a few words about that. Uh, but before I get to Latin America, let me, let me say a couple of things that we should keep our eye on. Um, first, Trump himself. All right, He's an unknown. Well, we know some things about him. All right, that he does move back and forth, that he's very uh, willing to, to go out on a limb on a number of things, and he can say one thing and turn immediately. All right, so keep that in mind. Um, his relationship with Congress is going to be really important, all right? Because unlike a lot of Latin American countries where, yes, there's a powerful president and the president can, you know, basically push Congress aside, it's going to be near impossible for Bush to do, uh, for, sorry, uh, for Trump to do that. Okay, so he's going to have to work with Congress, and as we heard from uh, Sam, um, you know, that working with Congress could be working with Democrats on some issues. Uh, if you think about TPP, it was opposed by lots of Democrats. It was opposed by lots of environmentalists. Okay, so the, the eliminating TPP has some cost, but it has benefits to lots of other people uh, who uh, were opposed to it. Um, one of the areas to think about um, the impact of, of uh, Trump presidency is by looking at the U.S. economy. Okay, not at his policy, but what happens to the U.S. economy. Because 
the U.S. economy sucks in pools, regardless of particular policies that our administration might adopt. Uh, so to the degree that uh, the U.S. economy booms, okay, that's going to create dynamics that whether or not you know, President uh, uh, Trump wants something to happen, those dynamics are going to create things. If, on the other hand, we hit inflation, we hit recession, uh, that's going to have its own dynamics too. And those things are going to have an impact on Latin America. And here, let me turn to Latin America, and the first thing I want to do is break Latin America. Okay, because the impact of what happens in the U.S. economy, the impact of a, Bush, of a Trump administration, uh, is going to be varied depending on the different vulnerabilities, the different advantages that Latin American countries have. Because, in fact, they're not all the same. Okay? If we look at Mexico, Central America, and the Caribbean, okay, they're, in a way, they're the most vulnerable inherently. Okay? Uh, they're not just neighbors. Uh, they're the places where most of the migration from Latin America to the U.S. comes from. Uh, they're the places that are most impacted by remittances. Uh, they're the places, Mexico is the place, uh, thanks to NAFTA, uh, which is most integrated into the U.S. economy. So they're going to they're gonna sort of get the first shocks, the first advantages, uh, the first impact of what happens uh, in the United States. Um, it's not just if um, a President Trump uh, uh, is able to close the border, all right? Most people don't think he can close the border, all right? But if, if he sends people back, if he deports lots of people, all right? Uh, if you read the news, very few people think he's gonna send back 11 million people. All right. Even the three million figure is not very credible. All right. But it could be in the tens of thousands of who? Of people in our jails. Okay. Of undocumented people who have criminal records. All right. And what's what happened the last time we sent back criminals to Mexico and Central America? Well, we didn't give them any warning that they were coming. And they're going into an area that has weak rule of law, weak police, weak civil societies, uh, and it's been chaos. Okay, so the very first impact I think we should be thinking about, rather than the remittances side, is really what's going to happen if these criminals, you look at our jails, they're not rehabilitation places. Okay, they're, they're places where you learn how to be even a worse criminal. I'm not talking about county jail, I'm talking about state prisons, okay, federal prisons, right? And we're gonna send them back to Mexico, to Central America, to the Caribbean, okay? There's no way they're prepared for that. So that's gonna have a really big negative impact uh, on those uh, places. Um, let me uh, switch quickly to uh, South America, and let me split South America here, okay? Venezuela and Colombia. Okay. Venezuela has serious problems that have very little to do with the United States. Okay? They have serious problems that have a lot to do with their own internal issues. Okay? Inequality, poor economic management, the worst 
mismanagement of the commodity boom, which Latin America for decades had said, can't depend on primary commodities because the prices go up and then they go down. Raul Prebish, you know, Ekla, all that stuff. Well, you know, when the commodity boom hit this time, man, people just jumped on that bandwagon. And Venezuela was one of the worst. Okay, one of the worst for that. And now they're having to pay that price. And on top of that, you've got an e uh, a political crisis. Well, what's going to happen here? My bet is that the uh, um, Trump administration is going to push harder and harder and harder on Venezuela. And it's not going to invade. I've seen some, some discussion about, oh, when the past the U.S. invaded. The U.S. is not going to invade Venezuela, okay? But there's going to be more pressure on the Venezuelans. There's going to be more... Um, uh, um, soplando, more supports for the extreme right in the opposition, rather than the moderate right in the opposition, which is going to contribute to even more polarization uh, in Venezuela. Uh, so the United States isn't the cause of Venezuela's problems, but it's going to make them much worse under a Trump administration, if we look at who he's already think, uh, uh, discussing uh, with in terms of Latin America. Colombia. Okay. Colombia had this real misfortune of voting against the peace agreement with the FARC. That wasn't the United States doing. That was Colombia's own doing. All right. The, the, you know, the uh, Santos administration has, has negotiated a new deal. Okay. But the success of the peace agreement in Colombia depends heavily on foreign aid, foreign funding. Okay? And the Europeans talk a lot about peace, but they don't give very much money. And the Latin American neighbors talk a lot about peace, but they give no money. Okay? So who's the funder? It's the United States. Okay? Well, it's not that Trump will say, I don't want peace. But first, the Trump administration is probably likely to look at two things. Okay, one is relationship with Congress. And this relationship with Congress, this Congress is going to be unlikely to see the benefits in providing more aid to Colombia, okay? Uh, and if President Trump is trying to get more money out of Congress to fund infrastructure, to fund military buildup, that money's gotta come from somewhere and it's not gonna go to Colombia, okay? Uh, and then it, within the Trump administration, given his national security advisors and whatnot, I mean, these are people who are, um, extremists on the national security side, and they're gonna to wanna to see, just like Uribe in Colombia, more punishment needed out to the FARC. Uh, so they won't be in favor of supporting this. Let me close then with uh, the rest of South America, Brazil and Argentina in particular. You know, I, I think Chile is probably gonna be the least affected. It has a bilateral free trade agreement with the United States. Uh, you know, their economic shop is in pretty good shape. Their, their politics have a little problem, but they're pretty good shape. But Argentina and Brazil are trying to shift, okay? Uh, and they're gonna find that the United States is not particularly interested in making that shift from a more closed economy to a more open economy uh, easier. They're gonna look where? They're gonna look to China? Okay, well, they will be looking to China. Lots of people in Latin America are saying this is a great opportunity to look to China. But China's already, as we heard from Steph, uh, thinking about free trade in Asia, and the reality is that Latin America is not competitive with Asia. 
They're competitive only in primary commodities. So unfortunately, pulling away from the United States and looking towards Asia just pushes Latin America more and more dependency uh, on primary commodities. So let me end there uh, that, you know, as I look at the U.S. relationship with Latin America, I don't think so much about the United States slapping Latin America. I don't think so much about these great opportunities for Latin America now to integrate together and say goodbye to the United States. Uh, we're going to be a player in the world ourselves. I really think that there are a lot of vulnerabilities in Latin America that Latin Americans need to address, uh, and their ability to address that will have an impact on how Trump presidency and how China uh, will uh, affect them uh, in the future. Thank you.